Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You. And now, here's Connie. Whatever happened to empathy? Empathy is defined by Merriam-Webster as the action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to, and vicariously experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experiences of another. Wow. Yeah. After Meryl Streep's impassioned speech at the Golden Globes, a lot of us are, are left thinking about ways to sort of generate more genuine empathy and compassion. I know I am. And I love this conversation that we're going to have today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm your host of three years and counting, I guess, Connie Bowman. And I'm here today with Linda Cousman. She has been for 12 or more years, she'll tell us, uh, in business, corporate business consulting. She's over in in the Netherlands, so I'm super excited to talk to her. This is an international year for us uh, on Happy Healthy You. So super excited. I'm just going to bring Linda in because she has a passion project that she's working on that I'm so excited to talk to you about. Hi, Linda. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey there. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. I love what you're doing. And before we get into that, uh, I would just like to say what's going on over there in the Netherlands? How is it to be you over there? <laughs> <laughs> it's really good to be me. It's it's quite interesting, actually, because for the past one and a half years, I've been traveling all throughout Europe in my little car. And I expected to be traveling a bit more, maybe spend even a six months or so on Bali. But I decided to stay in Amsterdam because I really feel that this passion project that we're going to talk about, it has to turn into a business project or business venture or adventure as well. Yeah. So it's actually good to put up some roots here in Amsterdam and it's just the best place to be at right now. So it's really good. So yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for, you did work in corporate, the corporate world for many years yeah. and, and um, just tell us about your background a little bit before we get into this project. Yeah, well, I studied international business, and at that time, I even thought that I wanted a big career and be this amazing manager and have the big house and have the big car, um, and I started having the career that reflected that as well, but at a certain point, I realized that having that house and the career and the money and everything wasn't everything at all, uh, yeah, I expected mm -hmm. it to be. I wasn't entirely happy, even though, especially the first couple of years in business and in business consultancy, I had a lot of really great people to work with. I've uh, been on some amazing projects and programs and I learned a lot, but I just, it didn't feel rewarding anymore. So that's when I decided to go to um, the business consultancy thing, but on a freelance basis, mm -hmm. which helped a lot. Um, but again, it didn't feel quite right. So I figured, you know what, my brother, he wants to set up uh, a startup in sustainable mobility. And I have some money, ergo some time. So why not help him? 
and what started out as uh, an idea to help them out for three months turned into two years. So oh. <laughs> I have quite an extensive experience in startups uh, as well. And I dabbled a little bit in startup coaching too. But at, yeah, like last year or two years ago, I decided, you know what, this whole business thing, interesting as it is, and as grateful as I am for everything that I've learned there and all the people I've met, it's, it's no longer me. Mm. So you started to feel that itch that there is something more. And you've always been a spiritual person. I read your bio and you're a yogi, right? Mm -hmm. I am. So we yeah. have that in common. Yeah, we love <laughs> yoga. Did you happen to watch the Golden Globes? Uh, I think it was on as we record. It was last week. And see Meryl Streep's speech. Did you happen to catch that? Well, yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so it was yeah. What was your more. take? What was your take on what she had to say? Without getting political. We don't want to get political. Yeah, well, I think she's amazing. I always have thought of her as amazing, as an amazing actress and an amazing person. And it's just incredible that she took that stage um, to share what was in her heart, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree with her. It's, um, it's very scary that they're now... Um, that it appears to be normal, that people can be bullied and ridiculed and, and, and made fun of right. for the littlest of things, things that really don't matter or should not matter or from a human perspective. And um, it warmed my heart that, that she did that, that she said that, and that it made such a big impact in the world as well, because mm -hmm. that says something really good about where we are. Yes, yes. We don't want to normalize bullying and... Um, you know, putting other people down. And, and I think we are definitely in, uh, it's, it's worrisome because it's a possibility <laughs> that it could happen. We could normalize that and we want to stop it. Yeah. So right well, here and it, now. <laughs> it, it's, it's something that we've seen happen. I mean, these past months, of course, uh, sure. yeah, let's not make it political, but right. also in the business scene, that's something that I realized at a certain point, how, certain managers were putting their employees down, how people in my team would come up to me, tell me that they were afraid to talk to their managers, that they were depressed, that they were burned out and very stressed out. And they were afraid to open up about that. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like the oddest thing that that was apparently the normal way to live your life. Yeah. And I've seen this happen in many organizations. So it's not, I'm not just pointing at one organization, sure. but it's just, this is just our society at the moment. And um, yeah, that's something that I'm happy to, to change or at least inspire to change. Well, that's why I love what you're doing. Uh, you are inspiring empathy. And I really believe as you do that empathy, just a little bit of empathy goes a long way. And it if we all work on it personally, it can lead to world peace. I mean, on a broader scale. So let's yeah. let's talk about this passion project. How it is to be you? How did it come about? And um, yeah, where? What is your vision for this project? <laughs> well, the vision is big. It's yeah, world peace. I love it. <laughs> uh, how did it came about? Let's start there. I've always felt like. I was missing something in the world. Like I didn't really quite get what it meant to be human, how you were supposed to behave, how you were supposed to act. And I also felt that other people did get it. 
And of course, and thankfully, I've learned along the way that nobody has any clue <laughs> what this human being or being human thing is all about. Truly, we're all searching. Yeah, yeah, we're all just sort of stumbling through, which is yeah. fine. Apparently, that's that's the experience. But at, at, I was on a hike, a long solo hike in Normandy. So I had my big backpack with my tent on uh, on my back, and I was just walking for days on end. Um, in a lot of pain because my shoes were too small. And when I do such a thing, I always get faced with myself and my emotions and old things bubble up and new things enter my system. And at this hike, it just came to me how awful it was that there is not something like a um, an instruction manual to being human, mm. how we... How the, how the silliest of things get an instruction manual, but us very complex beings, we sort of have to learn as we go. Of course, there are schools, and if we're lucky, we have great parents and people around us that can teach us things. But still, there's, there's just so many aspects to being human being, at least the kind of human being I want to be. Uh, and that frustrated me at that point. So I figured, well, why not? Why won't I? write that instruction manual, the manual to life or to being human. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, like, who am I to write such a thing? Um, so I sort of went away from that idea of writing it. But I figured, you know what, I can find out how it is to be someone else. Because all I know is myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm pretty sure that there is a lot to learn from other people. And that's when that question, how is it to be you, came from. And the moment it dawned on me, I felt like, okay, this is a big thing. I don't know how it's going to play out, but it is. this is a big thing that I've stumbled on. And that's sort of where it all started from. That's very cool. I I love that you started with the the manual for being human. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a pretty daunting task to take on. I, I, yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> but then it evolved into how it is to, how is it to be you? Or how is it, yeah. how, how is it, how to, is be it you? to be you? Yeah, that's the question. So you're going around and you're interviewing people from all over. How many people have you interviewed so far? Well, formally, um, as in the ones I've actually put on a picture and on my website, that must be about 2025. Mm. But informally, I've spoken to many more people. Okay. Um, Do you have a goal of a specific number that you want to reach? Or are you just going to keep going until you feel like this, this task has uh, been achieved and you've learned? I'm just going to keep going, uh, uh, yeah, based on my intuition. So yeah. I don't I go that. around asking people this question if I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so there, there could be months where I don't ask this question at all, and then there are, are weeks or days where I just go out with my camera and just ask everybody in sight. Sort of and ran randomly? Just, are you picking people at random, or how, how are you going about it? Yeah, some, some people are random. Uh, other people I, I pick out, I started with about 10 conversations that aren't even online, but those were close friends of mine because I felt it's a personal question for me as well. Sure. sure. Um, so it felt good to practice with them mm -hmm. and all throughout the traveling in Europe, 
many people that I've interviewed were like Airbnb hosts or, or people I bumped into somehow. But I've also uh, just gone onto the street and talked to people, though I found that and still find that very scary for mm-hmm. some reason. I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert and uh, just going up to a random stranger and asking such a personal question is very scary. Yeah. But yeah. very rewarding as well once you get into the conversation and the most amazing things come from it. Sure. I, I can imagine. I mean, I, I have found for myself that uh, I think we don't really get to know people. Uh, we are so surface level in most situations. And when you really take the time to ask these deeper questions, you get to know people. And every, and, and I, I would assume, and I'm going to ask you, that we find out that there are more commonalities than differences. So, yes. yeah, yeah. So, so what kind of questions are you asking? Are you asking the same questions? And what are you learning about being human from these people you're interviewing? Well, of course, the first question is always, how is it to be you? And then I I usually see what pops up. Some people immediately go uh, to the depth of their souls. And others just nicely stay on the surface. And then I ask follow-up questions. What what are the things that make you happy? What are the things that that make you sad? What What do you feel is your purpose in life? Why are you even here on this planet? Um... But it, it really varies. I, I just, uh, I try to go into this conversation with a very open mind and an open heart and not direct people to a certain point. Right. So the first couple of times I asked this question, in my mind, people were supposed to go to their deep human primal pains because when you ask such a question, you usually end up there, or at least that that's what I do when I answer the question. Um, so I got a bit frustrated when people wouldn't go there, when they stayed on a more superficial level. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, okay, that's just my frustration. Apparently, this is what it's like to be them at that moment. And I just have to accept that and embrace that for, for what that is as well. So I try not to give too much uh, of a shape or boundary to that conversation and just let it flow as it is. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, just in general conversations with people, there are certain people who will immediately, as you said, go there and have no trouble talking about their purpose in life or their spirituality. But then there's some other people that just aren't comfortable going there. So I would imagine so far, have you found just in random uh, interviews, have you found that there's a, a percentage of people that will go there versus won't? Any any statistics yet? <laughs> no, that's hard to say. Also, well, I, I don't think my data set is big enough. <laughs> right, right. Well, it'll be interesting to see as time goes on. Um, yeah, it is, but it's also very circumstantial. So what I've noticed is that when I'm completely open and when I share myself, it's, it's a lot easier for other people to share themselves as well. Ah. Uh, yeah, of course. So as an introvert, uh, that must be an interesting experiment as well uh, to, yes. do, to just kind of open up in order and that's, to... And yeah. that's really one of the biggest reasons why I went on this trip. So maybe it's good to explain because I'm not sure if I, I did that properly yet. I, I, I 
rented out my house and I packed up my car and I moved to Berlin to do a documentary making course for a few months. And then I traveled all throughout Europe to ask this question and to work and just to live and to travel. And I did that just to live as open and as freely as possible to let all this come into existence, but also to just go out there and not be stuck in that what I already know and that what I find very comfortable and um, I wanted to learn and and to learn for me at that point in time was to go out there and to be as open as I possibly could and that means being vulnerable as well even much more so than I've been before so yes that's definitely a big part of it that's that's very cool. So can you give us some examples of some of the more interesting, surprising, uh, what, what's the most surprising thing you've learned so far from a, a person or, or some of these interviewees? Um, well, I, I can't really pick one person or one surprising bit, but overall, what I find really interesting is that um, <laughs> everybody's just as human as the other mm-hmm. um, and yeah sort of ex- extending on what, what was said before people can no, people, people will pretty much always surprise you when you give them the space when you're there when you listen I I remember right before I went on my trip, I had to get my washing machine fixed. And the man, uh, I think he was a plumber, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, he, he fixed, my works, or fixed my washing machine. Uh, and I offered him a cup of coffee and I told him what I was going to do. And it was just so unexpected, but he all of a sudden went completely quiet and went inward very much and reflected on the question and the most beautiful answer came out how for him he was so grateful to be alive and to be able to take care of his family and how he loved his job because they gave him so much freedom to do so and to decide and it was incredible especially because I hadn't expected it from him Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't even expect to have that conversation and and that has happened a couple of times where you're you're sort of in a situation and this question comes up or or questions around this question or around this topic and the most beautiful, profound things come from people you don't expect it from. Yes. That's what I love. And that's, that's something that has taught me a lot uh, because just as probably every other person, I always have my snap judgments ready. I look at someone and I think, oh, that's that type of person. Um, And when you go through that, when you let those judgments behind for a little bit, then people will surprise you. Mm. And the relationship and the conversation, even if that only stays within that span of five minutes, is all the more beautiful because of it. And the connection is much more deeper. And it's so fulfilling to have those conversations. Yes. I think that's... I, I think that's so cool because all of us have snap judgments about people mm-hmm. when we see them for whatever reason. I mean, it could be the color of their eyes, the color of their hair, the the timber of their voice. And we assume that they are a certain way inside. But, yeah. But most times, if we take the time to get to know that person, even 
even for just like you said, five minutes, we discover that we our judgments are usually uh, miss. We're we're not always uh, right about people. So no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. not at all. And that's also why I feel that this question is a foundation for peace. And uh, of course, my big ambition is world peace. And I understand that that's a crazy ambition that we might never get to, or at least not in our lifetime, or at least it's highly doubtful. But to have that peace in yourself, um, asking this question, understanding that other people are just as human as you are with all their silly little things and all their not so silly little things and very big things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the foundation for more empathy, as, as you said in the beginning. And it is the foundation for more compassion. And compassion could be just that one little smile to that stranger in the street. It could be just that one little cup of chamomile tea to your colleague that is very stressed out. It doesn't have to be very big and you don't have to donate I don't know how many amounts of money to a certain cause to create peace. Peace is to me about meaningful relationships with yourself and with everybody you come across each and every day. And it doesn't have to be big and heavy and difficult. It can be very light and delightful as well. Lovely. Do most people want to tell their stories? Are you finding? Yeah, actually, most people are very open to it. And what I've learned is that, or the feedback that I've gotten as well, is that people are very happy to talk about themselves, Yeah. <laughs> especially when they're being listened to and when they're, they're being taken seriously and uh, when they feel safe. Is there a certain age group that is more open to these conversations, in your opinion? Or is everybody the same? Mm. I haven't found a difference just yet. Though I haven't asked any children yet. I'm, I'm mm, that still, would be interesting. Yeah, I know. I actually want to set up a certain project or a program. I, I'm going to see how, where I can find the time and the resources to do so. But to just go to schools or something or have an exposition for for children specifically to ask this question because I'm pretty sure that will be amazing. But so far, age hasn't made much of a difference. No, not at all. Okay. Not even in answers. Interesting. Well, I read on your website that you say that the hardest thing of all is to ask yourself this question. So I want to give you just a second to think about that. And uh, But before we talk about you, um, what is one question that all of us can think about having on hand to ask someone, perhaps someone who we may be judging, that we may think may be totally different from us. What is one question that we could have on hand to break the ice and maybe start a conversation that could generate a little bit of empathy um, amongst uh, one another? Well, that would be the question, how is it to be you? Oh, okay, of course. <laughs> yeah, so in uh, in the guide, the little book that I've written, that's the main question. Ask that yourself, or, or ask how is it to be me? Ask that yourself on a, on a daily basis for a month or so and see what happens. 
And there is this question in a conversation to indeed break the ice or just to go below the surface mm -hmm. of what you're used to. And yeah, I found that that remains the, the, the most open and least judgmental uh, and leading question there is to create such a, uh, yeah, the report that you want. I love it. I love it. So maybe we should go there then. How is it to mm. be you, Linda? How is it to be you? <laughs> this well, is, it's so inspiring. Yeah. See, you're getting all nervous now. You have to talk. You have to talk about yourself. So yeah. How well, is it to be you over there in Europe? I think it sounds pretty fascinating, the life you're leading, but that's, <laughs> that's my own prejudgment. So tell me, tell me about you. Yeah. Well, it is very fascinating, the life I lead. There are a lot of insecurities right now, but I know they're there on purpose. So I used to have a normal grown-up job and a grown-up salary and a grown-up house. And now I'm staying at a friend's house and uh, I'm not entirely sure how things will progress or um, if I will be making the money I want to make and I need to make or if I will even be able to create a little bit of peace in the world. But really what I've learned and discovered is that I'm happy where I am right now, even though it's not all perfect, because I'm doing everything I possibly can to make my vision come true. My vision is work on world peace the best way I know how to. And that's what I'm doing every single day without burning myself up. That's that's a, quite a big prerequisite. Um, so that makes it really, really good to be me. What makes this question very scary, though, is the moment and the times when it's not that great to be me, because it's really easy to talk about the positive things. You know, it's really great to tell how good I'm doing and how awesome right. I've been for living in Greece and on Lesbos and on Sicily for the past year. You know, that, that's, all, that's all great stuff that people love to hear and it's easy to tell. What's more difficult is the, the vulnerable part of me. Um, the insecurity in uh, in writing this book and going out there into the world, coming from a middle-class family in the Netherlands mm -hmm. <laughs> and wanting to tackle world peace. Yeah. And I've had a lot no of self-doubt. Sorry? But no small feet there. <laughs> no, no. And I've had a lot of self-doubt around mm -hmm. like, okay, why? Who am I to do this? I don't have the studies to back this up. I don't have the experience to back this up. I, I come from the safest, one of the safest places on earth with a very stable, from a very stable family life. Um, and yeah, I've struggled with depressions and I've been burned out a few times or at least on the verge of and life has not always been easy for me because I, I I have a tendency to make things heavy because I'm very um sensitive to pain human pain my, my own pain but also all the pain I feel in the world which has made it yeah difficult to be me at times but I've also realized that why not me? Why not uh, do this? And what if everybody would say this? And 
everybody would just sort of stand still and not do anything about this. That, that wouldn't make much sense to me either. And I've just decided for myself that even with all those insecurities and pains and everything that I carry with me, I want to wake up each and every morning and look at myself and think, okay, yes, I'm doing everything I can to make the difference I want to make in my lifetime. Yeah. And that gives me a lot of strength and it gives me a lot of courage and it makes it easier for me to conquer um, the things I'm afraid of. So I, I, I don't let those fears stop me. <laughs> beautiful. I guess that's... Uh... Beautiful. And as a yogi, you know, everything is impermanent. <laughs> so the, we ride these waves, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. for sure. Right. Beautiful. I am so inspired by what you're doing, and I can't wait to follow you and see how this project expands and grows, and I will definitely share it. So if someone is interested in finding more about how it is to be you, this project that you're working on, how can they find more information? Well, of course, on the website, howitistobeyou.com, uh, or on the Facebook page, if that's uh, where you prefer to hang out. <laughs> the easiest thing, or what I would recommend or ask people to do is to go to my website and download the Everyday Guide to World Peace. Okay. Because uh, that's, that's my manifesto. It's 19 pages. It's not all words. It's very simple and light to read. Okay. <laughs> and if you like that, then you can decide to subscribe to my newsletter um, and, and follow me more in depth. And then you'll get the regular emails that, that will chuck full of information and my own interviews with people and my own blogs about being human and growing and designing and defining your own life the way you want to. So website, Facebook, and if you're a Twitter fan, then the handle Linda Kausman or just search for how it is to be your works as well. Beautiful. I love it, Linda. Thank you so much. I'm so inspired to go ask this question today. And I hope everybody listening goes out and asks one person, how is it to be you? I love this idea. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Linda. I will be following. Thank you so much for having me. Back to Happy, A Journey of Hope, Healing, and Waking Up is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies, the loss of a child. It's about love and sadness and being human. The nine lessons in Back to Happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul. Healing from grief and loss is possible. Finding joy again is possible. Back to Happy, in paperback, Kindle and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit backtohappybook.com.